This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Quip. The Quip electric toothbrush has been named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year. See what it's all about and get your first refill pack for free when you head over to Quip.com slash badchristian. Today's show is also sponsored by Stamps.com. Postage rates have gone up again, but you can keep your rates down with discounts from Stamps.com. Just click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and enter the code badchristian for your free four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. The devil's mad. The devil's mad. And I am glad. And I am glad. The devil's mad. The devil's mad. And I am glad. And he is glad. The devil's mad. And I am glad. He lost one soul that he thought he had. All of my sins are washed away. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. Okay, Ooh. welcome to the show. How tell you guys me God doing? ain't real. Try to tell me God ain't real. Let me somebody guys- in the somebody listening right now, wherever you are in the universe, you try to tell me my God ain't real. Two dozen people hit stop, <laughs> unsubscribe. No, they didn't. They just hit the fast forward thirty seconds. That's all you got to do those, to get rid of that crap. Those dirty damn atheists probably hung up because they can't handle the truth. Let me get <laughs> this in up top that we got Matt and Toby shows coming up. We always forget to mention that or to the end. Oh but yes, we Toby do. and I will be going on tour. We'll do, be doing similar music as to you just heard there with the beatbox. That's most of the show. Yep. But we're going to be on tour with the classic crime. We're going all the way through Texas. We're going through California, all the way up to Seattle. And that's coming up in about a week and a half, two weeks. So check theclassiccrime.com. And Motherfolk. Yep, and Motherfolk will be on that too. And you can meet Toby. Now we have a VIP thing where you can come hang out on our bus if you want to do that. That's right. Classiccrime.com for tickets. We'll see y'all soon. Toby, Joey, how you doing? I'm doing good. I got a few things. Joey always has the popcorns, the things that are going on in his life. I got a few myself. So Let's okay. hear him, Is that man. okay? Can I do the popcorns this time, Joey? I don't have any problem with it. As long as it's You're Lord not- Redenbacher. <laughs> God, it always is with food with you, right? It, any, it always starts with food, and at any moment, it'll turn to some very bad sinful I can't, sex. I can't do my fake laugh today, because I'll wheeze and cough and all that oh, stuff. I'm looking forward oh, to hearing man, I feel that really bad for you. voluntarily. What you got, Toby? I feel so bad for you. All right, one... Uh, I just, I, I, it is getting worse. I, I don't have social anxiety, I don't think, but it is getting worse. I uh, had to get new tires on our car, and so I'm just walking through Costco. I got them at Costco, so, you know, I was just walking around Costco for about an hour. And sure enough, uh, I come around the corner, and I see our old friend who lives in Franklin, Jared Wilson, the pastor, <laughs> right, with his family. And in an instant, I, my brain does this. Moves my phone up to my face. I turn the other way and fake talking on a phone call and walk away so I don't have to talk to him in person. <laughs> and he didn't see you? I, he did not. See, I don't think so. I mean, I had a hat on I, and a coat, you know, so I was just, I just kind of hunched over. And you like the guy. You like the guy. I like him. I mean, he's yeah. a nice guy. It would have been a nice, fun conversation. But I was just like, I just can't right now. I don't know. And I, did, I don't know why I couldn't. <laughs> I could not bring myself to talk to him. And I was thinking, I think Joey might would do something like that. Matt, I don't know if you would ever think no, that. I think you would walk not. right up to the person and yes, say, "Hey, of course right." I would. For me, it, it's it's weird. I don't know. I don't know what kind of mood I'm in until it. I'm confronted with it. Like I could have seen myself in that situation, be like, "Oh man, this is really cool." I'll talk yeah. to him for five minutes, but I totally could see myself doing the exact same thing as well. I, I mean, I do I'm it all in, the time. I think I'm exact. I totally I do know it all what the time. Dude, I, do you know how many times I have faked 
cell phone conversations mm. with headphones oh my God, in. I, I mean, it's like a regular thing. <laughs> <laughs> I do it most times. I walk out my house and there's anybody in the neighboring yards. <laughs> just oh, so man, I don't. I, I just I, I do a wave and I keep moving. I don't. It, I don't know where it comes from. Like it's it's not a. I can't say it's a fear. It's just a, I have to Look, avoid this. Yeah, but yeah. So to me, the way I handle that situation is, I think, like I advise everybody to, because what we don't like is small talk, and everybody doesn't, I admit it, and other people don't. You don't want to sit there and exchange, how you been, man? Good, man. You're not looking forward to doing that. It's not going to be a meaningful exchange. So the way to handle that situation is to think of something direct and meaningful to engage with right off the bat, and then keep it nice and tight, and the other person will appreciate it too. So when you see somebody you know, or you know you're going to see somebody, think one step past the small talk. Come up with something. A joke, being charming or making jokes is a really good way to do it. You know, tease them or make fun of yourself or tell them what you're at Costco for, stuff like that. Go right up and start talking about tires is what I would have done. And then I would have moved on when I was ready to move on. And if he had something interesting to say, I would have continued the conversation. And if not... Moved on, said. But get then, these tires. okay. But here's the problem with that. I knew I was going to be there for about an hour, and I was like, "I'm of course I'm going to run into him again." Then I have to go, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, or something. So I just then I was prepared that I would just always stay far away, and I never if I ran into him again and I couldn't get away, it would have been the first time. Well, so I, I was thinking ahead, and I I tried it before. Like I used to walk up to people, look them right in the eye, and shake yep. their hand, and say, say their "How's name? your walk? Yeah, okay. How's your yeah, walk?" Exactly. How's and your that walk? just got weird. People did not. <laughs> it didn't work out the way I had hoped. So that one that one didn't work out. Okay, number two, popcorn. Uh, I did low carb for four days and quit and went, got real bad with carbs. <laughs> <laughs> I got real bad with carbs. Like uh, we did pizza. Uh, I was eating chips and all kinds of stuff. And I just I, so I decided to. Well, here's the problem. This is one thing I've learned about me and carbs. I love meat, but I think almost exclusively. I don't know why this is, Matt. I don't know if it. You you eat mostly only meat, right? It, some about hamburger I can eat nonstop, hamburger steak or anything like that. But other meats like pork or chicken, I can't do as much. So I I started out the week eating uh, like frozen wings from Costco, which are kind of fatty, uh, and uh, kielbasa sausage, and then what was the other thing? Oh, and some pork that Jess made, and it just. I, after about four days, I was like, I can't eat any more of this. And we still had a lot left over because I was the only one eating mm-hmm. it. And I just, I was like, okay, today's a cheat day. And then it just, the cheat day lasted into uh, uh, more, longer than I did. The how, how long does it take to get back into ketosis after a cheat day? Does it depend on how much you it cheat? It depends on a lot of stuff. But I mean, the, yeah. the more you do it and the more you're used to it, it seems to be e- at least easier going back and forth. And it depends, you know, there's different factors, but... You should be back in in a day or two, a couple of days, often, depending on the situation. But I'm, yeah. I'm eating, I'm still eating probably lower calorie and mostly low carb. But like you know, last night just made uh, hamburger mac, and I, I, I Toby, you're it, so. you're good at short short uh, term commitments. You you just, I don't know if yeah. it's possible for you to make lifestyle changes. Tell my wife about that. And sometimes sometimes I'm scared for you because we're getting to be at an age to where massive heart attacks can happen. But so, I understand that. But why would you live in fear? Like, like you want to be? I don't want to oh, lose my best friend. I know. <laughs> you, you are going to lose me. You're going to no lose matter what. everybody and, and everything you ever you, loved one day. So don't just you want to remember me like this? Not like a decently healthy seventy year old. Oh, that's disgusting. Nobody want, nobody really cares how healthy a seventy five year old person at is. They're like, oh, neat. Fit, like, like seriously, at least make it fifty five. They're healthy, 55. kind of. 
Make it to 55. If I go out, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, I, if you live hard and have fun, if you lose 20 years, it ain't that big of a loss. <laughs> like, I, like if, if I can live the way I'm living till 55, that's pretty good. I see. My, I think my kids will be in their 20s. 55, that's going to come need me so fast. You know how, fa- how fast 55 is going to come? Uh, also, Very how about fast. this? <laughs> I, oh, my God. It's, it's so fast. But uh, listen to this, too. If I die before, like, 60, Jess gets uh, all our life insurance. There so. What she, what what good am I to her at sixty eight? Well, not not to mention, to, I mean, Lunsford does a whole bit. About we haven't it, done but, planning. But if you, if you die planned. before, if you die before sixty, you'll get that, and we'll probably still be doing the podcast, and I, you will just get a, outrageous, or they will get an outrageous GoFundMe. Oh, I mean, it'll be great. I know. I mean, if, be it, fine. seriously, if I die right be now, fine. I bet I bet my GoFundMe would be pretty big. She would at least help Jess for a year. Oh yeah, or something like Don't that. Don't even worry about she, it. I mean. She just she quit her jobs, take care of the kids, go to school, and you know she'd have money. It'd be all the way around. Look, way she, better. Probably no one of the GoFundMe things. If it was for you, you know, if it was like maybe it's more of a Kickstarter kind of thing. There's different perks for the levels you give at, and one of them could be, you know, new new husband. So maybe one of our fans that you already know and like could actually take your role in the family if they paid enough money. And supported the crowdfund enough, we could probably get one of our good BC Club members or somebody that you actually know to go ahead and to be the kid's new dad. Hundred dollars for a lock of Jess, hair. If Jess would actually even date one of our male fans, I would divorce her now. She's that kind of she's that kind of woman. I'd divorce her in a second. Good. Point. I mean, she for her to be like that. Oh my god, I could never do that. All right, third thing. I got one last thing. Uh, we got car trouble. I was driving last night to go do stand-up comedy, and in my wheel well, I hear, boo, 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 and I was like, oh, God, what could it be? Hope it's not rack and pinion. I hope it's not, the, you know, maybe it's something not too bad, wheel bear, whatever, and it's both. And so the guy calls me today, and we owe, we, to get our van fixed is $1,700. And that's before fixing my catalytic converter, which I still haven't fixed, which is $800. Yeah. So I was like, just, I really tried to weigh. Kill the yourself and get that money. What I know, that's what I can't. You don't get it. If you I was kill standing yourself. on my roof uh, after he called. I was standing on my roof thinking of my options, and uh, I decided to fix it. But I was trying to think: would the right answer have been to sell it and get something really cheap? Like the van, it doesn't have many. It has, I mean, it has one hundred and thirty thousand miles, but that isn't too bad. And I was thinking we might could get a few thousand out of it uh, out of it without fixing it up. Maybe I just get a car that's two thousand, and maybe it'll last me. But then I was like, well, what if it has a problem? I just couldn't decide. So here I sit, seventeen hundred dollars less in my pocket, and nothing's different about my car except for it just doesn't go boo 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 anymore. That's the worst. So I, I just couldn't. I didn't. I know car. You have to fix your cars. I understand that, but at the same time. It's just devastating because there isn't anything different. Like, I don't have nice tinted windows now. I don't have new rims. I don't have a killer sound system. There's literally visually and aesthetically nothing almost different besides it runs a little smoother now. But it ran smooth up until that point. So literally for one day, Mm -hmm. I, I paid $1,700. Yeah. It's well, a living nightmare, I guess. And y'all, y'all don't seem to care at all. I appreciate that. I mean, y'all don't, y'all don't give a shit. Y'all well, don't give a is, shit at all. Rich ass pastor. <laughs> uh, nerd CEO type. Y'all don't give a shit about the low man on the toilet. Y'all think y'all are up here real high and I'm down here. Well, you know, it's just, it's just life, brother. It's just life. And, and let it, let it give you some kingdom God, perspective. God, why couldn't I be a pastor and someone give me a car? <laughs> let it, let it give you some kingdom perspective. <laughs> if I was a pastor, if I was a pastor, I would have had five phone calls from different people trying to give me a car. Exactly. Nice ones too. Nice ones too. Oh, real nice ones. So anyway.
hold still, but I'm going to tell you about something special, and that is brushing your teeth. You have teeth, and I see your teeth, and I'm sure you take good care of them, but if you are not using a Quip toothbrush, you're not taking as good a care of them as you should. So when it comes to your health, brushing your teeth is really one of the most important parts of your day. Think about <laughs> how often you're using their teeth. I mean, whoever worries about their kidney, it doesn't matter. You don't see it. Use your teeth constantly. They're important. Take care of them. Uh, Quip has combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. The new electric toothbrush packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of bulkier traditional electric toothbrushes. I love mine. My mouth feels cleaner later in the day and longer, kind of like when you go to the dentist and get them to do the cleaning. That's kind of what it's like having a Quip toothbrush. It makes you have that type of feeling longer through the day. And because it's the thing that cleans your mouth, it should also be clean. Quip has this subscription plan, which is a great way to go because it refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering a new brush and heads every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. So Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash badchristian right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash badchristian, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash badchristian. So, today's a special day because everybody knows I built this wonderful table over Christmas break, yeah. and today's the first day that we have, in. I have somebody in studio, on video, live guest to sit at the table with me, and we have Ellen Morrow. Ellen, thank you for joining us. Hi, I'm really happy to be here with the table. I, yeah, I she like noticed your collar. it when she came in, so that's why I, I was like proud your collar. Well, thanks, I like Joey. your collar. Yeah, thanks. it's nice. I, I like, like to always, you know, wear collars. It looks. I make my toddler wear collars too. She hates nice, it. Nice, nice. <laughs> so let me tell you about Ellen. I'll tell you about Ellen since, since you guys don't know each other. Ellen lives here in Seattle, and she is. Okay. Here's the interesting thing. She is now the co-host with Dan Koch on the Depolarized podcast. Oh, sweet. So they have season two coming out, and that's uh, in a few weeks. Do you know the release date? Do we have that exactly? March 21st. Something, something like that. Like March that. 21st. There's a whole new season. I've heard a bunch of it. It's really good. Ellen's great on there, and Dan's doing some super good stuff. So uh, we're looking forward to that. But we wanted to have Ellen on because her, let's see, her area of interest or her specialty. How do I say that? I don't know. But, you know, I don't know. How do know. I say Ellen it's is It's not like a, I'm a pro at... Right. Ellen's specialty is abortion. That's... <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, that's Dang. a too funny way to say it. But Ellen is somebody who thinks a lot about the pro-choice and the pro-life movement. I've had her on Break It Down before and had really interesting conversation about it. So that is her area. It is an area of your interest, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not so, expertise. Not expertise. I have you, not ever performed, nor right, have right, I had one. right. Um, but how did you, how did you become somebody that's interested in this topic? Because, you know, it's kind of crazy because I mean, everybody has, I would say an interest in it because out of all the political things that, that can be voted on or talked about politically, um, across time, abortion is one I think is crazy because it remains focused on, cared about, debated with very little movement for decades. And it's always important to everybody all the time right you know what i mean like right. it's not the four other things come and go but this one just boom it's abortion right. is 
always a contentious thing that can always be discussed and very little movement. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's a moral issue and not a political issue. And so it sort of changes hands every few decades. Mm -hmm. And so it takes a long time for a generation or two to um, really feel fiercely about it. And then by the time that they do, the culture shifts again, and then it kind of goes to the opposite side. Like, um, you know, it's only been recently that... This pro-life, I don't know, label, if you will, mm-hmm. has been a Republican thing. Really? Yeah. Like, um, I think it was 1995 was the last time that only 50% of Republicans were pro-life. And that's not that long ago. And, um, you know, in in the 70s when Roe v. Wade was uh, passed, it was, a, it was definitely a, a split issue mm-hmm. because it's a moral issue it's a moral I mean, issue can't... yeah so what tell me that what you think of as a difference in a moral issue and a political issue like what what because well it's um, frustrating to me these days morality how much... should uh have no political restraints and no legal restraints so, so we know that um like there are some countries where it's t- legal for you to stone a person to death if they're gay mm-hmm. right we know that that's an immoral thing to do that's not right Right. Mm-hmm. But because it's legal there, right. some would fight for their right to do that. So a legal a legal issue can be moral or immoral. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of who who put the laws in place. And, you know, you vote for somebody else and they change the law. That doesn't become immoral or moral. That doesn't ever change hands. Mm-hmm. It's it's an absolute. So do, so do people do with with that line of thinking, do people have a right to expect the government to be moral, or do you, or are you saying that's when we should back off and not interject well, moral wouldn't it morality be great into if, it? If we could expect them to be moral, and I think that as voters, we sure hope that they w- yeah. will. But um, well, like for for me, for example, I don't I don't care if America does things a Christian way; right. it just doesn't matter to me. I don't think we ever have, and so. I don't need our politicians to make Christian Well, hang decisions. on, though, though, but that doesn't uh, this all get pretty tangled up pretty quickly? Like, isn't... So, I'm tangling it up, man. So I'm tangling it. There's at least it. a couple of things there. Number one is that you don't... I mean, there's part of the system where it seems like you'd say, people would say, well, I just vote what my conscience and what I think is right and wrong, and then overall it gets worked out. As, you know, because a lot of people do want to legislate what they think is morality, Right. If you if there's different people that disagree whether or not murder is moral or immoral, you still want it to be illegal. You think it's immoral, and you want it, you want you don't like murder, right? So that's part, and that's probably because right. of your Christianity too, right? So you're gonna say, hey, that's a, that's a whatever issue. That's somebody's moral issue. And abortion shouldn't be a religious issue either. I think a lot of times people just equate Christianity with with being pro life, and that is certainly not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I know lots and lots of people that are uh, agnostic or atheist that are fierce advocates for the unborn. Mm-hmm. And that has really opened my eyes to step back from the, the whole identity politics that are, if you are a Republican or if you're a Christian, you must be Republican. And if you are those yeah. two things, then you have to be pro-life. And there are people that I know that love Jesus who are pro-choice and it is, and you're saying you know now a, a bunch of people who are, for instance, atheists or agnostic that are also 
Very, pro-life. very pro-life. Yeah. Very pro-life. Yeah. Okay. And how do you define the terms pro-choice and pro-life? Are those the best terms or are those there other are the terms best out there? terms for the sake of the argument. When I'm talking, I mean, it's, it's you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. when I talk about being pro-life. But if I had it my way, I would explain it as being, um, I'm okay with the term anti-abortion because I am. Mm-hmm. I think that pro-choicers tend to use the term anti-abortion in a negative way. But I'm happy to wave the anti-abortion flag. You know what I mean? Um, and just for clarification, at 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 every single level, yes. correct? Yeah. Well, yeah, we can get into all yeah, the even the details of, of that. Yeah, but the sure. thing that strikes me about it is at this time, with the way people are ha- treating language and what I call mm-hmm. weaponizing it and trying to undermine other people's language and labels and and twisting what labels mean, I see the, a, a lot of push these days to try to make pro-life kind of to undermine what that means. Like a lot of the attacks of yeah. people that I get say, called pro-birth know. a lot. Pro, pro-birth, yeah, that's Which another way. Which yeah. basically is this whole argument that, okay, well, if you are so anti-abortion and you're not willing to adopt all the babies, mm-hmm. then you're only pro-birth. Yeah, but you, you don't actually care about people. You only care about born, babies, right? Which, which right. is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little bit of a false or a straw man thing to say, yeah. well, if you were pro-life, you would also right. fix all human rights. But that wouldn't, if you think that abortion is murder, then that it's just one one area right. to work and in among many. technically, murder is not the word that uh, we should use because uh, mur- murder is an illegal ending of someone's life and mm-hmm. uh, abortion is legal. So, so it's not murder. So abortion legally. is not mor- murder, technically. Okay. It's just a legal killing. That's a Right, and killing is not um, a law, uh, like a law There's word. no law against killing. There's so no lo- law we can against, use yeah. that word if we want to, but that's not an effective mm-hmm. thing. It's sort of like if uh, if a Christian comes up to someone who's not a Christian and says, um, you're a sinner, you need to come to Jesus, that's not effective. I mean, it, if God's good, so hopefully that would be effective sometimes, but it's not effective um, to to try and convince someone that they're killing babies because they don't they they just don't see it that way mm-hmm. and that's what I've really learned the last year. I always year thought so. the same thing too like when uh like Peter would say meat is murder. I, it turned me off. The way like for a while there I was a vegetarian just because that went away and I was actually questioning what was I doing and why was I eating but I I never could understand. I mean, I don't think of a a lion going on a murdering spree or anything like yeah. that when he's trying to eat or anything like that. Now, one thing I will say, I I do think there is a responsibility if we're talking about morals and Christianity that it shouldn't just end with the birth though. Like I, I, I don't like that uh, so many Christians will march and protest outside of a, an abortion clinic, but they will not uh, continue to do anything after the child's mm-hmm. born as much. I do think that that is a valuable thing that Christians could do. And on the same, on the opposite side of that, I don't like that uh, y'all were talking about the the terminology like pro life. Uh, and you said you're you're right. I don't know, uh, like Christians. I don't think Christians actually are pro-life. They're just uh, non-abortion. Like they they're totally pro uh, uh, death penalty in a lot of you right. know or or uh, you know mm-hmm. killing a terrorist. Yeah, get the or something t- like right. like like when we talk about pro-life, a Christian their pro-life is pretty limited to the you know the womb. And then right. I, everywhere else, it, it's up for grabs. What about just like. saying anti-abortion? Then? Well, and that's Why, what gets that me to when I describe what I am. I subscribe to the pro, uh, sorry, just the pro-life, the consistent life ethic, uh-huh. which means, and this is not something that I just decide 
decided to be. It's something that I, it's taken a long time for me to come around to because it's sort of like Dan had me take the test to see if I was an evangelical because, mm-hmm. you know, you have to hit seven different mm-hmm. points. Um, and I am, by the way. So you turned I, out I evangelical out. according to a quiz. Okay. Yep. And to align with a consistent life ethic, you must be against um, all forms of unjust killing. So unjust war... Um, abortion, mm-hmm. uh, euthanasia, assisted suicide, um, and uh, death penalty. Death penalty. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's what we're talking about. And I used to be very pro death penalty, right? Mm-hmm. Until I started getting into, um, I don't know if, if you know who Brian Stevenson is. He's a really incredible justice lawyer who's made his life work to get um, black men off of the off of death row mm-hmm. that end up being innocent, and. Learning about how many times innocent people have been put to death, that's what changed my mind about the death penalty because we should never have all we should never just be killing people unless we know 100% sure that we, mm-hmm. you know. So you're saying that the, that the consistent life ethic, you, you have to check no, all of those yeah, boxes. Yeah. So you, you have to say, if you're basically, if you're pro life, then you have to be pro life. You you can't say well I think that this baby discretionary has the right ending to be born. of life and right. any, anybody using discretion to decide who's alive and who's dead right. is violating a pro life right. stance. To and some, it's it's some tough, man. I don't I, Let's run it's those check easy. boxes again then. Uh, unjust war, mm-hmm. abortion, euthanasia, assisted suicide, and death penalty. Those are like the main ones. See, I I, I do jump off. I think I'm probably fi- I don't I'm pretty ambivalent about the death penalty. I'm fine with it uh, if we were 100. percent But if we're not, then it's fine. If we don't do it, I don't care. Right. But you know, physician assisted suicide sounds obviously like a good thing to me. Right. That's the actually the main one that I still struggle a little bit with, and it's not it's not like I am. Um, got a certificate saying I'm consistent life mm-hmm. ethic, so I can still kind of... Right. That one is tough for me. I've got a friend that works in an assisted living home, and she had a conversation a few weeks ago with a woman who her husband has now died, and she's in her late 80s, and she's very uncomfortable. She's dealing with a lot of ailments, and she just she wants to have all of her friends have come mm-hmm. over to her room, have a little cocktail party, and that kind of be the yeah. end of it. And, you know... She, it's, it's, it's her decision. I feel like, I mean, I don't know if I support that. The word support is tough. I don't know if I support that, but I think it's her right. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, even, even, even going to like a more extreme situation, like in a military war situation, I know there's not a lot of ground war nowadays, but you see your buddy writhing in pain and you got to get away too. And you know, he's not going to survive and he's begging, please kill me, please kill me. I just, just can't like, imagine that being a bad thing. I just can't. I mean, it yeah. is. It no, is bad. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, the situation's bad, <laughs> immoral. <laughs> I don't see how that would be bad. Sounds at like all. you just well, <laughs> and I think off that and that's why goes on right. I think that there's a lot of grace to cover these situations, which I'm happy about. <laughs> well, the, and un, hopefully the we'll unjust never... <laughs> or just war is a whole other can too, yeah. right? So I mean, but you get the whole the thing here. So we're talking so about. So it's not just babies, right? So I'm it's saying. consistent life ethic, or some other people call it whole life ethic. Whole right? life ethic, yeah. yeah. And so that's good to think through. I think uh, you know, obviously, but as it pertains to abortion, it's like again, I bet there's people that uphold all of those, and I just. I'm pretty sure there's more people that are on the fence about this than they 
express. I think it's one of those issues where there's a lot of conflicted people. And in fact, if you press them far enough, I find I think you'll find everybody, almost everybody, conflicted Somewhere. about abortion at some degree, at some point, in some way, in some circumstance. And but you, there, there's just zero use of a tweet or a march or a rally that says. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of in the middle here. Like, that's no, there's no cause yeah. there. There's no tweet. There's, there's, no, there's no, not even anything to say. Yeah. It's just like, ah, eh, I'm not so sure. It doesn't make a great tweet. All right, so most of you know that Jess and I took over our shipping over in the last few months, and uh, that's for Emory and Bad Christian and the bands that work with Bad Christian and stuff. And I'll say the thing that makes it so awesome is stamps.com. Like, it literally is my favorite thing about shipping because all postage can be handled right from your house. It's so amazing. And, and postage rates have gone up again. Seriously, stamps.com can keep your rates down with postage discounts up to 40%. Discounts you can't even get at the post office. I'm telling you, it's easy. I can do it. I'm 41 years old and I know nothing. <laughs> I can't even write a check, but I can use stamps.com and send a letter. No problem. Seriously, stamps.com saves you three cents on every letter you send. That is crazy. You pay 2016 prices for 2018 stamps. That's no joke. Uh, just use stamps.com to automatically calculate and print the correct amount of postage for every letter or package you send. And stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your fingertips. Seriously, stamps.com makes it easy. They'll send you a digital scale to automatically cal calculate exact postage. And stamps.com will even help you decide the best class of mail based on your needs. Anything you can do at the post office, you can now do right from your desk with stamps.com. So I use stamps.com because it works. And that's, that's just the truth. I mean, it's easier, better, greatest thing that I could ever think of to use when handling all my mail. So right now, you too can enjoy Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale. Can you believe it? You get a free four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Bad Christian. That's Stamps.com, enter Bad Christian. I think it's most comfortable to, if you don't have to deal with it, just don't talk about it. That's what most Christians do, and that's what, what has been really tough because the Christians that tend to talk about it really loudly mm -hmm. are the ones that are kind of shitting all over the the progress. Mm -hmm. So the, the really level-headed, compassionate Christians that care about the women that are having abortions are the ones that need to speak up and not the ones that are... Um, you know, screaming at these scared young women going into clinics and showing them. Yeah, Ellen, as a as a woman, do you feel like you get more flack from the pro choice movement than a man would, or are are people that's a really are women question. more patient with? I you? tend to be a little bit chauvinist in that. Um, I think that men need a little bit more credit in this arena. I I get a lot of. Flack, yeah, but it's easier for me to say like, "Hey, I'm a woman. I have the right and to have a mother whatever too." By the way, uh, opinion, yeah. Um, you have a, a toddler, I, uh, yeah. She's mm -hmm. 18 months okay. old. But I hear a lot about this sort of like, if you don't have a uterus, you can't have an opinion. Disagree. Right. Do you guys hear? Do you guys ever get that? Or yeah, have you but seen I that could. Happen? I just could. That's the kind of that that it's whole line. So of funny to me yeah. because that's like saying, okay, well then only people with uteri. I'm trying that out because I never talked <laughs> about uteri. <laughs> should should have an opinion about it. 
No, I so, reject that, of course. Oh, that I means mean, like totally only that. homeless people should be the ones right. in charge of fixing the homeless population yeah. in Seattle. And that means only people that have been sexually abused should be the ones making law. It's just, it's absurd to me. Yeah, it is absurd. And, and men who are pro-choice are celebrated, but if you are pro you know, unborn baby, then all of a sudden you're anti-woman. Right. But I deal with that. I, I get called anti-woman well, more than... Yeah, the, that's, all, that's all fine. But I mean, there, you know, somebody had to really work with me on the... Like, I, I understand that... I mean, let's try to get at the, the subtleties of where people get off the boat and see, and maybe we'll see where the four yeah. of us are on what we think is right and wrong. But for sure, I take it very seriously, the notion that I create am able to and have created and can create children and things that are alive and things that uh, multiply and survive and grow from a fetus, from a single cell to fetus. Just last night, my husband said, your egg and my mm -hmm. sperm from my testicles made someone who's eating pizza right now. Right. Right, which uh, I thought. Right, I mean, I, well. I mean that baby. I know where it. it that was it, beautiful, Ellen. <laughs> I know it's in somebody else's uterus. I know that's where its location is, but it's half me. It's half mine. I made it too, and I would, I would, I just cannot. I just don't. I mean, it's like that's one of those things where it's not like I don't even think you can logically explain it to me another way. I just, I would, well, I would, you can't, I'm pretty immovable it. on the fact of like I've been. I've been through the thing of a ki of having kids. I've had a miscarriage, and those damn children are mine mm -hmm. too. Yep. That I, I couldn't feel more strongly. You don't about have that. any rights to them. I just can't. I wouldn't. I couldn't even begin it's to. It's not to, your body. To, yeah, exactly. That's just an extremely strong feeling that I have. That maybe yeah. I don't know. Maybe some people are just unwilling to really move on that at all. Is basically the way. It well, feels. I'm, I think I'm for, thankful that you're not. I think the biggest change that that I've encountered with my outlook is I understand some Christian perspectives that are different from mine, such as maybe life begins at consciousness or maybe life begins at a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. uh, just because I know some very smart uh, Christian scientists and people that really do study and heed God's word as well, and they don't see it as black and white as I well, still see Well, let's find those, some of those lines. Does it do, do What are the common lines that people say, well, the, well I, those I are the agree, two, but I don't count that, or I do after six weeks. Right. Yeah, those, those, are, like, right. are the, those are the two big ones, is uh, consciousness, can you really have life without consciousness, which I think you can, um, but I understand their point of view. I just... I used to always see anyone what would that's be the preached, con When does consciousness enter into it, though? Let's define that. Say, when when do you have that? I guess when you're aware of, of sounds, when you're... When is that? I don't know. How do they... I have no idea. Right, exactly. I'm not they the scientist. Okay, well, then that's not a good argument unless somebody's going to tell you when they think. I mean, it's an irrelevant argument, not a bad... It's a good it's argument. A nice it's irrelevant idea. if you can't define when consciousness occurs, though. No, I, I think they can. I don't know. I don't keep notes of this stuff. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. Joey's not a scientist. Yeah, okay, so you're saying they, they have a, a line of they say when... A, a, I mean, is it before you're born? Like the, the, is it well, 38 the weeks like that, or what? That cellular level, right? Like the the really, I mean, like the 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 day after you you know, it, it, if the egg has been in, inseminated, is that a baby? Some people talk point. about like, implantation it, being a borderline, sure. right? Like if it's fertilized but it's not even implanted yet. Well, so. that's like saying you're a person. If we're just not giving you food. You're still a person, mm -hmm. right? So. Ultimately, even if you can pick and choose where you think life starts, but it begins 
But almost nobody thinks it's 39 weeks and 39 right. and a half weeks. I mean, but if almost you, nobody. If, if you anytime could, you end If you could it, use it, a zygote to save the life of my 5-year-old, that would be hard for me to turn that down. Like if there if there was some way of using a brand new organism of a sperm and an egg Right. And I don't know what that situation would be or even if it even exists. But if that could keep my five-year-old son alive, I think I would just have to be like, yeah. And I'm you know why it. that is? It's because we're, we're people with connections and we see, like, obviously to us as humans, we see a five-year-old kid right. as having more worth and value. Right. Period. Science doesn't, but we do. So that's why that argument about, like, okay, you're in a burning fertility clinic and you can save the five-year-old kid or the tube full of, you know, a, a thousand, yeah, embryos, whatever, embryos, right. embryos, what do you take? Yeah. And that argument gets used and debunked, by the way, because it's so silly, um, to argue against pro-lifers. But what I say to that is well, like... Okay, you got to debunk it for us then. Well, it's like saying... Actually, I shouldn't have said that because now I don't remember the uh-huh. really good argument about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just cut that out. Um, but as humans, I would also choose the five-year-old kid. Yeah, and I'm well, anybody, very pro life because, well, unless it's someone else's kid, that's different. You would still want to save somebody else's kid <laughs> yes. before embryos. Because we're human, we have a connection to a face and a body and someone who communicates with us, period. Right. And you also would say, I'll see if I can debunk it a little bit, but you also would save your wife over four strangers, right. too. So it's that's that. Doesn't mean you don't think those strangers there are it's, it's bad or they it's it. okay that they died. It's right. just what you would do. That doesn't mean that you think those four strangers that you didn't save weren't right. lives. It has nothing to do with whether or not you thought they were alive. And I, no, me, I just grab both. I don't no, know why that can, isn't no, a problem. That's not allowed in hypotheticals. I just want to yeah. grab both. Yeah, yeah sorry, sorry, Ellen, you can't do that. <laughs> I mean, that like, not, I, not allowed. like, it, and, I could never debate these things. And so we're we're definitely talking about human life because, like, I think a lot of people would even go into the territory of saying, you know, well, what about a plant or a zygote? But the sanctity of life that we're talking about is, is human life. But I just, I don't, I don't feel bad about that human connection of, no, I'm going to save the kid, the kid that's screaming saying, help me. That's who I'm going to get. And of all, of the, right. all, all the unconscious cells, everyone would. not going to do it. I, everyone would. But that doesn't mean they have no value. I mean, you know, you had to put a weight on it. That's my point well, is, you know, everybody's to put a weight on it somewhere. I mean, it's fine to say I'm fine with the morning after pill, but I'm not fine with a 10-week abortion. That's a fine position and a reasonable one. And at least you should have a position. Yeah. It bothers me when people don't have a position. Um, and I was today I was looking at the list of all the states and the different laws and and – um, the last few years, I've shifted my politics a lot. I used to think that states should be able to make their own laws based on, you know, ABC. But looking at how different the state laws are with abortion, it's uh, shocking to me that you can be in Washington and be, you know, X weeks far along, cross over the border a few feet, and the legality is different. And what we're saying is, no, based on where you live, life has different worth and values, which is not an absolute thing. And I that that really that really bothers me. I don't know right. what the answer is, but it it really bothers me. <laughs> well, you had to acknowledge on some level that we just uh, individual human is just completely incapable of making the actual calculations yeah. involved or having values that are any kind of consistent. And we know you know that from looking right. at. 
uh, overseas tragedies that don't matter to you, but the one down the street that's not even that bad really affects you and who you don't save every day, like who you don't save in other countries from starvation every mm-hmm. day is your choice that you choose yeah. not to of living, you know, and you're, it's easy. I mean, there's obviously, there's no way to engage full human empathy on all living things right. or all living humans. It's not right. mathematically or processing. That's what I say, like the, that argument about like, well, if you're not going to, if you're anti-abortion, then you have to adopt all the kids. Right. Which doesn't That's, hold no, up because if you're up. anti, you know, the war in Syria, that doesn't mean you have to take in all of those refugees. That's not right. your. You can be against mm-hmm. it. Alan, how uncomfortable yep. would yeah. you be with uh, um, imagining? It, do you have a boy or a girl? A girl. So, um, and this is a t- her name's Phoebe. If you want Phoebe, to make awesome. it really, yeah. Realistic. Not, not. I'm not trying to put you in a corner because I, I agree with almost everything you're saying. But just to re- let it hit home. Like, how uneasy would you be if at if at fifteen um, she was taken advantage of sexually, and you know you guys were pretty much on the same page, being uh, pro life? But she said, "Mom, I, I I understand our values, but I just don't think I'm strong enough to do this. Not right. not after my body being taken advantage of. I got to close the chapter on this nightmare. I cannot bring this child into the to the mm-hmm. world. Even disagreeing with your daughter." Would you be able to rest easy at night making the decision to abort the baby? No, because I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, first of all, if she's 15, it's not her decision to make. Yeah. Um, and but she be, could do it secretly, know, right? Or am I- She could do it. I, th- I don't remember in Washington State, certain states, they ha- the, the parents have to consent. In some, in some states, they have to consent and, um, or, or just be notified. Um, but ultimately, I, I have a friend who is a, a product of rape, and he is like this charismatic, brilliant guy. And him and his mom have a fantastic relationship, and yeah. he's so thankful. Um, and he brought her so much joy. And I think that we socially we choose to put that on a person. Like rape is the, what went wrong there. Yeah. The the uh, the life that comes out of that is not what went, went wrong. So the victim should not. Now, when I say victim, obviously, I, I want to separate like what happens after rape to a woman and psychologically and the trauma and all of that. But that unborn baby should not have to suffer the consequences of rape. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't put that on a baby. Yeah, I mean, there's now, do you, other do you, problems. Do you understand? Yeah, do you? Are you more, I'm looking for the word, are you more understanding of that point of view um, as opposed to a 15-year-old girl that just says, no, I want to go to college and have a regular life? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Right, you do see it as... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would hope that we would have the type of relationship that um, we would just talk about it a lot. And and that's a decent exercise, too, to get at, because in truth, even if it did happen, even if she was 19, whatever it was... It, you know what? Here's a here's a deeper question. What would you be prepared to do to stop your 19 year old daughter from going through with an abortion? Well, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I probably just wouldn't drive her to the clinic. Right. That's what I'm saying. Everybody, every most reasonable people, right. and some Christians are not this way. But I wouldn't everybody block her here in the house or anything. Yeah. What you wouldn't you wouldn't say? Well, I will stop you no matter no. what, or I will block you, or I won't talk to you again, or I will hold this over your head. No. 
No. You know, for your own daughter, you would accept, you yeah. would be okay with it in a way. I wouldn't be okay and, and with is, it. I would well, be devastated. You would, you would become okay with it in a general way that would not prolong, make you always hold it against your right. daughter. Right. You would deal with it. You would accept it. And you know what? It's I because I know that later on in her life she will deal with it. Okay. She will have. Be, okay. I don't need to. I. But let's carry this thought experiment a little farther. Okay. If your twenty-one-year-old daughter killed her two-year-old because she did not want it, you would not. You would do anything to stop that, and you would never get over it or accept that. Correct. Right. Well, that would be illegal. Okay, but that's not why it would bother you. Right. Okay. So you. It would equally bother me. One is more um, violent. Mm-hmm. But but one, I mean, I think for most people, you'd have to admit there's a giant gulf. And if somebody yep. ended a 20 yep. week pregnancy or their one year old child's life, and I'm talking about people who are pro life here, yep. they would think one is, well, I really disagree with that personally, and yep. I don't like it, but I will still accept you. And the other one, you go, I will never accept that you killed your one year old. That is completely unacceptable. Right. I would get them taken away from you. I would physically fight you, and I probably would never forgive you for stabbing my grandchild. Mm-hmm. And those, so that that right there proves that the abortion thing and just a, a murder of a born child are completely different they universes. Completely. And so everybody on both sides needs to admit. Well, they didn't used to be. I mean, before it, when it was illegal, it, that was the same. But regardless of the law, you know that's different. It, everybody feels I mean, differently I don't about those know two if scenarios. I feel, I feel emotionally different about it, but scientifically, I feel the right. same about it. Um, I would, of course, be more emotionally connected to my grandchild with because there's a relationship right. there. Right. I don't know the zygote, you know. Well, I'm I'm pro, I'm anti-abortion basically as you can get in a general way. I think it trumps the other cause, which I very much understand. Mm-hmm. The women's body issue is huge and it matters, and I care about it and I get it. I just think the other one outweighs it, and we have to look at them both and. It, they are in conflict is the point. Right. The, the two views are both important. They're both valuable and they're both right. And it's in conflict. I think, and that's built into the fabric of reality. Like you said in the beginning that there's been no progress made. Right. And I think I can boil it down to, or well, why I think there's no progress being made is because of Christians have screwed everything up. Um, for the pro-life agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, making an agenda is so what diminishes it, the other side right. so bad. It drives me crazy. They've made it a faith issue, and it's not. Mm-hmm. And then the pro-choice side um, assumes that if you are pro-unborn baby, you are anti-woman, and that is a yeah. very uh, frustrating yeah. thing. It's like saying, you know when people say Black Lives Matter and someone... Um, immediately comes out with a, well, all lives matter. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, yeah, but the whole point is black lives matter and we need to focus on them right now because when black lives matter, all lives will matter. Right. To me, it's the same argument of if I say unborn lives matter and you were to say, no, but women's lives matter. It's like, <laughs> right, exactly, right. right. But uh. unborn babies need to start to matter. Yeah. So... That's the very, very frustrating argument that just never goes away, I feel like. But I still feel it important to try to get people to understand the other side. That, like, I just don't understand why people don't spend more time admitting that, yes, I'm on this side, but I can, I actually see your point of view, and right. I'm actually okay with your point of view. I just don't agree 
But there's somewhere where we do agree. Well, if I mean, you're there, truly there pro-life, is. it should grieve you a little bit. It can grieve you a little bit, but, but I'm just saying I totally get yes. it that people are pro-choice. And that's I don't why think I say that's Christians stupid. have screwed everything up because we need to learn more about who these women are, why they feel they need abortion. I feel like women deserve better than abortion, and they the a, a lot of women feel that that is the only decision that they have to make. And as a country of you know, X million amount of women, we need to do better. Mm-hmm. Well, I, while we're talking here, I was just looking up some stats and stuff like this. Now, one one good thing is abortions overall have been going down. Like the rate of abortions has has been getting less, but it lists here. I'd like to uh, point out under a Democratic president, it has been right? going down. Yep. Um, and it said it lists the reasons, uh, percentages why, uh, like top percentages of why women have abortions. Twenty one percent. The biggest one is inadequate finances. Also at twenty one percent is not ready for the responsibility. At sixteen percent, a woman's life would be changed too much. Twelve percent would be problems with relationships. Eleven percent too young or immature. Eight uh, percent children are grown and she has all she wants. Doesn't want another kid. You know, maybe an older mom. Three uh, percent baby has possible health care problems, which we know, you know, like Down syndrome is kind of being eradicated. Uh, and then one percent or less is called caused by rape or incest. So rape or incest isn't the one we should go after. Like you know, you know, like like that very first one. Twenty one percent of women that have abortions feel like they have inadequate finances. Right. That's exactly. Like they do not have. Right. They, go, go ahead. Oh, I've just I love that argument. I've used that before yeah. about if you were so do a lot of people two argument if you're going to argue anything, it's best not to use a one percent. Of anything, right? To argue, oh right, your point. right, yeah, yes, and so that, so right there, uh, so so part of me thinks like when we're talking about making this uh, a moral issue, or like you said, or like a faith issue, I do think we miss the point because there is a woman out there right now, uh, women, many many women who feel completely inadequate to have the kid that is growing inside of them right now, and so they are making a decision. And part of that decision might be they think it's morally right not to bring yep. a kid up in that. Or they can make a good right argument for that. Not I to, yeah, yeah that. right. So to attack a lady like that who's obviously is concerned about the actual real world, I think really pushes them away. And the the, the fear I have is how do we? Uh, I'll I'll even go th- to this level. I, I feel like I am definitely uh, you know pro life. I just am. I I think that. It, one of the most things that makes a woman in this world is that she can have a baby. It's something so unique and to me so feminine. And I'm just talking about me and my my ideas, and I might be wrong about this. But to me, like it's just so phenomenally amazing and that none of us would be here without women and that that like none of us like we wouldn't be able to have this conversation without that womb and the the way that the woman's body was created and and made and all these things are just just magnificent. Just and there would be no abortion the, without men. Right. Yes. Yes. And so, but just the idea of just even scientifically, or if you want to put God there, whatever that is, it's so uniquely feminine to me. It's just, it's just amazing. But the idea too here is the reason why we keep, I think this doesn't go away is because I don't know if people care. People are dying right now. And I don't think anybody really cares. Like your circle is only so big. So there's people within uh, obviously 50 miles of each of us that are dying uh, whatever might be happening, might be being murdered, might be all this stuff. And I don't know if we care. So the truth is, I don't know, how do we change it from the issue of abortion to uh, this is a real person? You know what I mean? It's In the a, womb? It's like a hard that, issue, that, yeah. Yeah. 
Because that's what gets, like, like, for example, we're all, everybody's like freaking out right now, obviously, about guns and gun control. And everybody, I can't believe more people died and it's so bad. But like, do, like, do you realize just in like Chicago, South Chicago, like 300 people have been uh, shot. S- 60 uh, have been shot and killed. Oh, that's like, their own fault. You know, th- that's this what year, people think. Th- that's just January yeah. and February, yeah. and that's in Chicago. And nobody, I don't see the outrage and and all the. I mean, you could lump that in there, but I'm just saying we get caught up in the issue as opposed to the person. You know what I mean? And that's what that's or why the I think reason ab- for abortion it. Is so tough. Yeah. Right. Well, it's a it's a moral indignant uh, indignancy, and it has to do with the in, indignation, I suppose, because. This is very disturbing. I don't know anything about stats on it, but there's a very uh, obvious stereotype that everybody's familiar with, and it's a stereotype for a reason, so the stats don't matter to me a ton. But it's the one where the anti-abortion people quietly still get an abortion when it's actually when it's actually them in the tough spot and their teenagers. I was there right. once. I was very close. I thought I was I was sleeping with a worship pastor at my church. Yes, this is the stereotype I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. I didn't know you had the experience, and but tell us about I that. I was taking pregnancy tests in the church office. And it was just like, I can't believe this is happening. And I was very immature then. I wasn't like tracking my cycles, didn't right. know anything about fertility. I thought that you could have sex and then the next day be pregnant, I, which you can if you obvi- – we could get into this. I didn't know the science behind it. And I was just – How I old had, were you? I was 21. Okay. And I had decided, well, I'll just have an abortion. I won't it'll, – it'll just – it just seemed like the easiest – most, uh, it's just, I don't want to call it a way out because for so many women, it's not as easy as that. But for me, it would just be, it would have just ruined it would the shame alone. Yeah. Uh, would have been, it would have just ruined me and it would have just, and, and the whole idea of being pregnant was scary and big. And then giving birth is really Mm -hmm. scary. And, and once I got pregnant, I realized, oh, now I know why some people, there has to be a percentage on that pie chart for people who have abortions because pregnancy sucks so bad in the beginning. <laughs> right. But well, yeah. right. but see that demonstrates the thing like it, you're just not capable as a human of being really well I guess in the big picture we're not capable of not being hypocritical. Right. That's a human feature, hypocrisy. And the most the only reason we're, we're ever going to get anywhere with this debate is if you have the humility mm-hmm. to sit down and listen to someone who disagrees with you. I've changed yeah. my mind a lot about mm-hmm. how I feel about abortion based on, um, I mean, I, I still think it's a science issue, but now I understand how to approach it and the reason why women are getting a lot of abortions mm-hmm. and not just saying like, it's wrong. Right. You, but because that doesn't do anything. We know that anything. about every other Christian issue. Like, okay, let's uh, go through a few right now. Can you think of something that you know is wrong that you are also sure that before you die, you will do again? You just go oh. like a thing that you think so is immoral or wrong or a sin, lying, uh, getting super getting drunk, super uh, drunk is mine. Wh- whatever. I, I mean, one. there's a million like b- uh, gossiping, b- uh, losing your temper at somebody, overeating, pornography, por- looking at yeah. pornography. These things are wrong. I'm against it. I'll hold the well, sign. I'm going to do all those again. Right. So that, Joey can't wait to do them. I, the, I, I mean, I, I would I would <laughs> never right sign now. a piece of paper saying <laughs> right. I will never commit any of those because I have stated right. that they are wrong. And we're playing God by by using the the your sinning or right, you know. But that but those things are just that's what I'm saying. A person's individual decisions are basically separate from the, a list of morals that they 
claim or understand or believe or know. It's not possible to to live out, even if you could list out your entire ethic. Now, okay, I'm just trying to live up to it. Okay, well, nobody can do that. That's kind of the whole point. And, of and let me let me even play devil's advocate here. Here's why it gets so tricky, and it really is complicated. It's not as simple as, oh man, here's a lady, she's just sleeping around, and up, oh, she here's another abortion. I'm I'm sure that might even happen just on the scale of people, you know. But I would I would say most people unintended. Uh, you know, uh, get pregnant and and try to figure it, and then try to figure it out from that point and whatever that leads to from there. But just like our uh, the guy was really nice, James DeYoung, that was on, uh, th- is uh, he says there's an age accountability. So you could even say every time those all those babies oh, right. that are aborted are all, all in heaven, heaven, right? So it's a good he thing. says they yep. all go to heaven, yep. and like and so there's I'm a, really there's glad a, I wasn't on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea of there, though, same thing. I mean, you kill a two year old, by the way. It, it, you could take this well, the hard it, stance of it's moral. And, and you're and, sending and, that person to the greatest place ever. Wait, they don't and, have to go and, through this and, shit. And just in fairness to him, the point he was making is that there's going to be way more people in heaven. He wasn't right. saying we should abort more. No, yeah. he was not. And he's a sweet guy. <laughs> yeah, I, but, I that, but yeah, you could extrapolate nice that dude. logic. I mean, the more babies you kill, uh, yeah, the I'm, less people yeah. go to hell then, right? Is that I mean, not I true? definitely, you guys know how I used to obsess about uh, hell and eternal, eternal torment. And I used to think, well, right. at least they're going to heaven. So, Joey, you know? I mean, let's, let's take that to the next level. So, if you killed I'm every baby. I'm scared to with Alan on the line. If you I'm killed scared. every baby that's ever born, let loose, Joey. nobody else could ever <laughs> go to hell, right? As long as we kill every I child. Mean, then we can prevent anybody yeah. from going to hell. How do we know that? Ba- I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, that's How why. Far- that's yeah, that's yeah. What I'm saying. No, but that, but that's Nuke what I'm the saying. Whole world the, the, and we the don't Christian have to worry argument, about going to hell. The, the, but the, that's why if we keep it in that faith moral stance only, then it get it can get really foggy and really murky really quickly because you could say, well, at least they're in heaven, and right. or and let it go and not care one way or the other, or you could say, well, you know, the 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 issue I think is based. It is based in morals and what we think is right, and also, like you said, Ellen, it is scientific as well. Like I think that's a, I think it's very fair and valid to use both of those well, and listen to both sides. I think science well, points to a beginning, yes. period, right? And I just, I think that we have to, you have to start from some place. I mean, with your argue, with with where you land on this issue, you have to start somewhere. You have to pick a point, and it's to me logically. Makes the most sense to start where science says says that something has begun, which is what, which is where with a a new DNA set, mm-hmm. you are intrinsically like mm-hmm. you are a separate entity. Once the first DNA yeah, and I, is right. zipped well, up together during there. this conversation, I did do some research, and uh, we should do our research beforehand, by the way. But uh, as we were talking. Yeah, it's it. There is a because I've heard the argument of well, it's just a cell, just like you know, a cell of your finger or in your liver or something, but it's... I mean, it's we're all cells. A very, I'm a blob of cells right now. Right, but it but a zygote is a very unique, autonomous has cell that is different from mm-hmm. everything else. It has yeah. its own, quote-unquote, body, mm-hmm. if you will, which is why uh, as when I was pregnant, something that was really intense for me was this idea that it's, you know, people say it's my body, it's my right, but what about her, Phoebe's body was in there? Mm-hmm. And Phoebe's uterus, and women are born with all the eggs they'll ever had. So my grandbabies were in my belly. Yeah. My she where was her yeah. rights? Where were her? So what came over me was this really intense responsibility for another woman and another woman's rights. Mm-hmm. And it was my job to hold her and and protect her. Um, and you know, people always say like, well, 
what about the women? You know, it's not it's not easy to make a decision to have an abortion and all this, and it's not. It's devastating and it's hard. But there's no nothing in the Constitution says that life is supposed to be like super easy no, and mm-hmm. painless. And um, so overall, to me, this thing's like we we started out saying oh, it was a political issue, it's a legal issue, it's a hard. We said it's a hard issue, which is probably well, closer. But, it we said it's a, mo- a moral issue, issue even. But I'm gonna say. I'm kind of arriving during this conversation at saying it's not even a moral issue because, again, you can list out your morals, but you don't really hold them. Nobody really holds right. them anyway. So it's not. It's really just an individual human issue. Well, and if you a, push anybody's buttons, you'll find— It should be a science issue, period. I mean, because regardless of how everybody feels about it, science only points to one thing ever. Science always stays the same, and once we learn more about it— we can change our but even laws in and science, our feelings. There's science. ambiguity, of course, but but so here's what would be the logical error. So I don't think it's necessarily clear where life begins scientifically. Even scientifically, that's not provable. I disagree. Well, you're going to be resting on another subset of definitions <laughs> okay. if you say life is the first DNA. I mean, it can be argued scientifically. Right. It can right, be right, argued. Right. So what I'm saying is that the point of it really is that. Um, let's see if this makes sense. Just because it's ambiguous or not settled, you said we need to start somewhere. So even if you say, well, I think that's three and a half weeks, and that's the best overall average guess, and it could be different. Like if you arrive at somewhere, then you could start to take that into account. But you should make yourself interpret the science as best you can to make your determination. And then you can shift it, and then you can move it, and you can say, you know what? Actually, I'm at conception. I know I'm at 20 weeks now. There is real data that is scientific Mm -hmm. to be interpreted and discussed. What's not okay is to say, well, since it's ambiguous or since we're not certain or because it's not settled or because there's different vantage points, then it doesn't matter or it can't be arrived at. To me, it's sort of like global warming. It's like... Yeah, throw your hands up. It's it's kind of a real thing Mm -hmm. and you can choose to not participate in the discussion or you can be aware of it and learn some things about it and then really... Come to uh, this is how I feel about it because I have the facts. Mm-hmm. And as adults, I just don't know uh, on an issue as huge and as um, as meaningful as abortion. I it blows my mind that adults don't want to do the research. Yeah. So, but that's what I, I would think you'd need to push it all the way down to the individual level, which is always what I believe is the re- usually the best way to handle things. I'm not into the legislation. I don't care if I don't, it's legal yeah. or not. I, I do not care. And it, I don't want it to be a political, ideological thing Well, in either. our lifetime, we have never, I mean, we've never grown up with abortion all being illegal. Right. We've never known that. Nor, so I think it's, nor did the the abortion rate change when it became legal right. or illegal. When it got right. legalized, it, and didn't, it didn't even increase. So when Roe v. Wade was passed, there was uh, seven votes for and two against. And the against was one Democrat, one Republican— and four, uh, the seven that w- voted for it, three of those were Republicans, and four of them were Democrats. And they were all old white men. And so the idea that old white men shouldn't have any jurisdiction over women's bodies is bullshit because they were the ones that gave They gave it to rights. them. The so rights I think that it. argument is bullshit as well. Yeah. But And uh, so the Republican-Democrat thing is, it just, it just goes to show that a two-party system is garbage when it comes to deciding you know, pro-life issues. And I don't think anybody should be, uh, but even whether or not it's legal seems not to affect the abortion rate very much. Cause this is just like drugs. Like, okay, they're illegal. Okay. Well, still, we all do them. It's whatever. I mean, it's not going to change. And I, 
I'm a realist, so I don't think it's going to change. But also, I think that we should, if if um, I mean, it's like a prohibition, really. I if mean, even we, if it was yeah. legal, it's just if a we could get um, to a point where we're less hot about it, and science was a little bit more embraced, like it is with global warming, and people could understand where you know what babies are and mm-hmm. what fetuses are, um, I would be comfortable saying, like, can we just get to the point where we're only having abortions that are putting um, the mother's life at, at risk because mm-hmm. that percentage is very, very, very It'd be small. A directional improvement. So if 21% of women, for example, are getting uh, abortions because they don't feel financially stable, that's a completely different issue. If that means that 20 21% of abortions wouldn't happen if we figured out the like Medicaid, that's a that's a pro life thing to do. You know, mm-hmm, it's yeah. not just That's stopping start. stopping those abortions. It's about looking at those stats. I mean, how easy was that to just pull up? And it looked really clean and easy to understand. Yeah. That's how we know where to go. We need to f- figure out the reasons women are getting abortions and help them where they're at instead of shaming them mm-hmm. and, and making it impossible for them to have what they think is the right thing. Yeah, well, it's certainly a huge issue. And like I said at the beginning, I don't think it's going to get solved. I mean, it, by not by arguing with each other and presenting the points. Hopefully that impacts individuals and individuals make good decisions for however that works out. The only way we'll get out of this is innovation, in my opinion. Right. I we think it's the same with guns. It's unnecessary to have abortions. Right. It's not about tell people not to do it. There's probably a future in which, our, I suppose you just say birth control technology. What if you had to go down and get your something turned on or off that was simpler than we something we hadn't thought of yet that's not bad and doesn't have the side effects. I think There's men some should innovation. have that. Well, yeah, absolutely. You what guys if we are just, the ones that are fertile 100 of the time, right? So maybe we maybe we can have like a, a, a biological days. innovation that'll just be like, yeah, you have to go down to yeah. the doctor's office and get your tubes opened before you ever start being able to have a yeah. have a, yeah. you know, and that'll just solve it, and it won't be an issue anymore. Well, birth control was agree. created to give women more freedom, and socially, we've come to a point where men expect women to be mm-hmm. on birth control right. and that has just given men more freedom mm-hmm. so the responsibility now lies on women um, to be on birth control and if they do get pregnant then it's their fault it's not the man's fault and the men yep that's an issue you know, it's i'm real. very pro woman but uh, i mean i'm very pro like men being a part of the conversation but you guys are the pro are the problem <laughs> <laughs> well that, that's certainly true i mean, I mean that, that in that, all in every aspect of it, I think. Yeah, and it's that's I worth I pushing could turn back Joey's against. wiener off. If oh, I could yeah. turn Joey's wiener off, I would. But that's what's funny is you you solve one problem, you'll create another. You watch how uh, human population declines if when that technology comes. Yep. You just wait. It, it will be shocking All right. how many people I don't leave Jesus that button. comes back before. Let me go to the other off. side of that, though, Toby. The so other less, side people, of that is, less people will still be born. Yeah, but how about I mean? the other side of that when we're in an absolute famine because of overpopulation? Do you think people's abortion stances, and there's people just breeding unbelievable in everywhere, do you think right. people soften their stances on abortion? Yes, they will. Yeah. Yes, they right. will. I yeah. promise you they will. So either, you yes. know. That's what I'm saying. You're flexible and you're a hypocrite. I don't care who you are. If you're hearing my voice, you're a hypocrite, probably on this issue. There's circumstances where whatever you say, you would do the opposite. So that's the way to think, one way to think about it. But Ellen, thank you for joining us today. It's been fun having you in the studio. It's been awesome. Very informative. All right. Well, what else is going on, guys? BC Club, Matt and Toby Tour, the movie. How about that movie? Anybody been checking that out? I think we're almost all the way to... 
nice. goal on the film that we're going to make. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, we're going to make a documentary about the Christian music industry. And I don't think it's going to be the biggest expose in the world, and we're not trying to point out villains or anything like that, but it's a damn interesting universe that we've been a part of and heard a bunch of stories and understand the disconnect between the industry and the artist and the, the consumers and then the mainstream public. Uh, it's a bunch of really fun and interesting layers and a lot to be explored there, but the film's going to be called What Would Jesus Sell? And you can go to www js.film and help us uh you know kick in the price of uh, you know going to a movie or two and that'll help us make this film but it looks like it's going well and we've got a bunch of, i've been hit by so many artists that i wasn't even thinking of they're like dude i want to participate i've got stories i got stuff i want to say so now that it's out there um i'm kind of excited about that very cool and yes we do have some new bc club members i'll call them out real quick nicole studebaker michael or Ortiz Jr., Christopher Matthew, Pawlowski, Kyle Bradley, Klimikin, uh, Chase McBee, Travis Gray, Ashton and Kelly Ruby, Sue Drayton, Jessica Huber, and Jacob Hill. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. If anybody's interested in finding more out about the BC Club, you can even write me at joeysvensonbc at gmail, uh, or you can just go to the BC Club, read about the perks, the main ones, extra podcast episode mm-hmm. and access to a pretty cool community so uh yeah and hey real real quick um we're starting to do some more experimenting with uh uh i, I don't even know if it's going to be called bc house church but there's going to be one kicking off in seattle and in tampa soon and uh, we'll be talking about it a lot more on the pastor with no answers podcast so um, if you're in those areas and you're interested, reach out and um, we'll point you in the right direction. That sounds good. Let me leave you all with one extra thing. And uh, King's Kaleidoscope's going on tour soon, and our audience cares a ton, and we work with them still and do stuff. So I'm going to let you w- go out here with a little commercial for the King's Kaleidoscope Sweet. tour because uh, they've got a good one coming up, and you definitely don't want to miss it. All right, see you all very soon. See you. This is Chad from King's Kaleidoscope, and we are coming to the East Coast with our good friend Propaganda this spring. Tickets are on sale now for Orlando, Atlanta, Charlotte, Philly, Washington, D.C., and New York City. Just tap this ad or head to kingskaleidoscope.com to get your tickets before they're gone. I really hope to see you all there. Peace. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.